0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha, and this is Serial Holic
0: Sisters. True crime shit. Hey girl, hey. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Oh, it's going. <laughs> did you did you hear Did you hear about the kidnapping at the school? Oh, my God. What is this stupid? Is is this a joke? Oh, no. Okay. It was a kidnapping. Literally. I'm sorry.
1: I literally thought that you were talking like you're about to start telling a dad joke or something. (laughs) That's awful. No. What school? Did you hear what happened? No.
0: What happened? The teacher woke him up.
1: I fucking knew it was a dad joke. I can't It was.
0: It was. But it's funny how you panicked for a second and thought it was real. <laughs> because your face, I literally look concerned. Nobody could see your face. you such a great actress. Oh, okay. Be a star one day. You'll see. You'll all see. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I got to tell you about this call I got at work yesterday before we start. This is a real quick story. Okay. So, it's the weirdest call I've ever gotten. I was answering. I love hearing, I love hearing your weird calls. It was so so weird. This mom calls and it's about her four-year-old daughter. So she's like, Thursday she got poked in the eye. So two days. She's like, two days ago, she got poked in the eye. By what? Like her finger? (laughs) Oh, that's where we're gonna get to. So she's telling me about it. She's like, her the top of her eyelids a little red and the bottom's a little red. It's not swollen, but she keeps saying off and on that her eye's hurting. And I'm like, Well, is the whites of her eye red? Like, is there any kind of drainage? And she's like, No, no, that's all fine. And I'm like, well, what did she get poked with? Do you know what she got poked with? And the mom like paused. And then she was like, yes. And I'm like, oh, why don't you want to tell me? <laughs> like, what was it? And I was like, okay, what'd she get poked by? And she was like, a chicken oh and like she got she didn't get
1: poked she got, got pecked. Motherfucking pecked she was pecked in the eye by a chicken she, was, she got motherfucking pecked a four-year-old and mom's like also why was
0: she so close to the chicken so that's why I was like I'm sorry what you, you said a like what and she's like a chicken I was like like a live chicken like a real chicken and she was like, yeah, it was sitting on her lap. Like we were at a friend's house who has chickens and it was sitting on her lap. She was, she was checking the chicken out. And then just all of a sudden it just pecked her in the eye. <laughs> okay. That is not poked.
1: <laughs> no. <is> not poked.
0: <laughs> and so I was like, I don't know what kind of germs chickens beaks have. I don't know. So I had to ask the doctor about it. And I'd be flushing the eye out and just my eye drops in there. <laughs> I was like, this is my first chicken eye pecking call. So I'm going to have to put you on hold for a second <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious the mom was, she was so funny though she was like well you're welcome for this training experience <laughs> I kind of I think it's hilarious though that she's like very silent um was she, it inappropriate <laughs> what no, did she get she, with she thought she was going to get by without telling me she thought I wasn't going to ask <laughs> that's
1: hilarious uh.
0: And poor kid apparently just has terrible luck with animals in general. She said they went to a petting zoo once and a baby goat kicked her in the leg and she was like bleeding from it. Oh, I am like, God. form I mean, animals do not like this kid. That's awful. <laughs> Jesus. So,
1: yeah. I don't, I don't really have anything um, really new. I'm cramming for finals. Finals are next week. And then I'm done with the semester. Well, I'm done the week after. I have one final the week after, but. Most of my finals are this coming week. So yeah. Nice. But um I think the only thing that I've got going entertaining wise this week is the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard
0: <laughs> trial.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep I keep watching. it's just so entertaining. I know that's so bad to say. It's awful. It's awful, but it's hilarious at the same time. <laughs> like her her lawyers are just I feel like they got <laughs> they got their degree. Um, during COVID online.
0: <laughs> oh, I haven't been following that closely so. Oh it is comical. I did hear that she shit on his bed at one point like she admitted he to did. that. So that's cool that's that sounds okay. <laughs> she,
1: she did she most certainly did do that. <laughs>
0: I, mean, I was like oh no. <laughs> that's
1: a little It's a little excessive, but all right. So that's cool. I mean, some people just take the light bulbs. Right. (laughs) They can't
0: see. (laughs) They turn the lights on, but. Take the batteries uh, out of the remote, you know. (laughs) Other people shit on beds, but okay. I think just her. I think it's not other Yeah, I I
1: don't, I don't, I don't know that I know anybody or have ever heard that, but all right.
0: Not okay.
1: No. So yeah. Literally, I have, I have no life. That's about all I've been. Doing in the past week is just watching the trial. Okay, all right.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's your week. It is my week. This case I had not heard of. You, you might have. A lot of people might have. I hadn't heard of it. I was actually researching a different case when I saw this one. I was like, oh, and I got interested, and so then I switched it up. I've
1: done that. I've (laughs) done that before. I've actually done that a lot. Typically every week I do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I'll just go back to the other one later. But yeah, this was just I saw it and I was like, say what now? so yeah it's um it's a doozy it is another like mental health type mm-hmm. case which I've decided that after this one I'm not doing any more of those for a while because they're a lot so we're just gonna get into it all right all right on March 27th 2004 while working in the ER at a local hospital registered nurse Lova McCarthy came across 21 year old Andre Thomas so he had been brought into the ER with three stab wounds to his chest and she asked him how he received the stab wounds. And he told her that he had stabbed himself
1: Wait, three why? times in the
0: chest. Yeah. So she was a little shocked, understandably. She, she asked him why he stabbed himself. And he told her he had done this because he wanted to die. So she pushed a little farther question a little more and asked him why he wanted to die. Thomas then replied, because I stabbed three people. Oh. So... It turned out he had actually been brought to the hospital for treatment for his stab wounds by the Sherman Police Department, and not long after this, McCarthy and the rest of the world would hear all about the crimes he committed. So let's start back at the beginning. So Andre Lee Thomas was born March 17, 1983, in an area that we've drove through countless times, Muskogee, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, our cousin works there. She does. She does. So he had had a rough childhood growing up. His mother and father, Rochelle and Danny Thomas, separated when he was very young. Like they weren't together long. And his father wasn't present throughout like most of his life. He and his five brothers and Rochelle moved around a lot. Like a lot, a lot. So like in second grade alone, Andre attended three different schools in three different cities in two different states. So that's just Jeez. in second grade. Yeah. They would eventually settle in Sherman, Texas his mother raised her boys mostly by herself and times were rough so they often went without water and electricity Rochelle would mainly rely on like the children Rochelle would mainly rely on like the local church close to where they lived at the time to pay her bills so they wouldn't have utilities a lot of the time now Rochelle was not a great person Mm -hmm. (laughs) she um she had a pretty rough time throughout her life, too. But, I mean, it doesn't excuse her shitty behavior, but she did have, have a rough time. Many of her, her family members had problems with substance abuse and violence. Her mother, Vivian, was an alcoholic who had nine children with five different men, starting at the age of 14. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. She was beat regularly by Rochelle's father, Johnny. And Johnny was also not a good guy. Lots of not good people in the story. He had a very violent temper and he would occasionally threaten to shoot his wife. So that's cool. Oh, okay. Because that's like normal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> normal behavior. Normal. That's that's totally fine. That's obviously not fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're not saying it's fine. <laughs>
1: you were like, oh yeah, it's totally fine. I was like, it's obviously not
0: fine. <laughs> sense the tone, people. I trust you guys can sense the tone. <laughs> One time when she was pregnant, he pushed her down to the ground so hard that it broke the foot of the baby that she was pregnant with. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. He was very violent. She eventually left him and married a man named Walter Martin. And unfortunately, this violent, toxic pattern continued. So Vivian's drinking continued, and Walter also had a temper, and the couple fought often. During one of these fights, Walter actually held a gun up to her head. So instead of just starting to shoot her, he like held a gun up to her head. Good God, where does she find these guys? I don't know. Look somewhere else, girl. <laughs> so he's holding the gun up to her head. Rochelle's brother, Gregory, who was 17 at the time, saw this, tried to protect his mother and like pulled the gun away and ended up getting shot in the stomach and dying.
1: Mm-hmm. Did he go to jail? Please say he went to jail.
0: I don't think he so. He did it. I don't think so. He actually mm-hmm. later bragged to people about it saying that he oh what the fuck yeah he said that he quote planted one of vivian's children and he fully intended to plant another one um again why is he not in jail right okay now rochelle took her brother's death very hard that was her brother so andre the guy Mm -hmm. we're talking about his uncle so she took her brother's death very hard and never really recovered from it she struggled with depression like throughout the rest of her life started drinking heavily and to make matters worse according to her siblings Walter the guy that shot her brother later began molesting her so right she's already depressed going through all the shit and now you this guy this motherfucker Andre's father Danny his family also had a background of violence alcoholism and mental illness so we're not starting out great for Andre Mm-mm. so let's go back to Andre Despite the constant moving, he actually thrived in school. He received outstanding marks in elementary school and was even placed in the gifted program in second grade. Meanwhile, his mother, Rochelle, couldn't even tell you what school he went to. She would later testify that she had too many children to keep track of them, so. Oh my God. Right? I told you, not a great person. Around third grade, Andre started telling people that he was hearing voices which is slightly concerning, right? Um, yes. Yeah. Isn't that like the verge of like schizophrenia and stuff? Could be, could be. So let me tell you something even more slightly concerning. Both his grandmother, Vivian, and his mother, Rochelle, claimed to have a quote gift from God. So Vivian was convinced that she received divine messages from God through dreams and visions that she had. And Rochelle believed that her mother's gift had been passed down to her and she had been chosen to hear God's messages. So she claimed that God often told her what to do. And now Andre was saying that he was hearing voices. So she was like, oh, he's been chosen as well. Like God is now telling my son what to do. Like he has the gift.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's called schizophrenia. And untreated, that's not good because schizophrenia patients typically have hallucinations. Mm -hmm. Um, Like they see things that aren't really there. Um,
0: it could be split personality disorder too. At the age of 10, Andre attempted suicide by scraping the skin off of his wrist with his fingernails. Ew. Yeah. He would make another attempt three years later by sawing at his arm with a butcher knife. So it was later discovered that both of these attempts came after his mother told him that she should have aborted him. So yeah, not a great person. Andre began committing petty crimes at a young age. When he was 11, he damaged some golf carts and got charged with criminal mischief. One time he was charged with theft after stealing a car and driving it into a ditch. So he's getting in trouble with the law, doing all these crimes, gets put on probation. His mother was no help when it came to any of this. Like when he first met with his probation officer to determine like a case plan, Andre showed up alone. His mother didn't come with him at all. He was like 14. I was like, How old was he then? Yeah. In fact, she would often make excuses for reasons for missing his probation appointments. Like one time, she literally told the probation officer that they couldn't come for his appointment because it was too cold for her son to be outside. They were like, Ma'am, this is serious. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, (laughs) ma'am. This is serious. Please repeat what you just said. (laughs) as andre got older his grades began slipping so much that he had to repeat seventh grade he i know he started getting his like he started working out and get his grades back up for a little while and then some kind of like family drama would happen and they'd go back down when he was 14 his mother told him that she planned on moving them back to oklahoma and so at his next probation appointment, he told his probation officer about the plan and they were like, "Nope, that's not what we're doing here. So a judge <laughs> you
1: can't do that.
0: You are on the probation, right? You're not allowed to just up and move. <laughs> that's not how that works. So <laughs> a judge did placed place him in a juvenile detention facility. So at this point, like the justice system would basically act as like a surrogate parent to him. Like they'd keep him right on track, keep tabs on where Until he is he's 18, right? Or until he completes his probation. One or the other. At one point, he asked the judge for a work permit so he could, like, start working on paying off his restitution and court fees. But the judge was like, "You can't do that because you're 14. You're too young to, like, legally get a job anywhere." So
1: you're not now. Like, you can actually get a job. Some places, yeah. Places at the age of as young as 14 now. Yeah. Um. So it's changed a lot, but. It has changed. I mean, good
0: for him for trying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was, he was actually trying at that point to do something. By the time he was 16, he had completed his probation. But now he was being faced with new struggles. So he had been dating this girl named Laura Boren for a few years. And she was now pregnant with his child. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So their son, Andre Jr., was born on August 30th, 1999. Andre on what <laughs>
1: That's what I was thinking, Andre Jr. That's the best name you could come up with, Andre Jr. You know, some people just want their kids named after them. I don't know. I never, I've never understood that concept. I guess
0: name Danielle after me. It's not my name, but
1: (laughs) right. I was like, no, you didn't. (laughs) Because mom was gonna (laughs) name
0: me Danielle Nicole, but then she completely changed it all together, and so I get that. But I was like
1: girl, are you crazy? <laughs> no, I, um, I was more talking about like, like middle names. Yes. But like the full name, I, I don't know. I'm not like dogging on people that are named after their dad or they named their kids after their dad or mom or whoever. I just, I'm just like, I guess I just never really, I personally wouldn't want to be like, Hey, Samantha jr. Come here. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: I like, I like the idea of having your own name.
1: Too. like my kids have middle names named after I mean Harlow's middle name is named after me and mm-hmm. Dallas yeah but it's her middle name you know what I mean that way I don't have to call her junior
0: anyways so Andre Jr. was born Andre okay. dropped out of school earned his GED and began working various odd jobs to try to like earn money to support his new family so trying to do the right thing the couple right. moved in together for a little while, like out on their own, but they were struggling pretty hard. He wasn't making a lot of money. And eventually, they ended up moving in with Laura's parents. Well, this didn't last long. So they ended up moving out of there and moving in with Rochelle, Andre's mom. Oh, God. Yeah, the couple got married on Andre's 18th birthday. And Rochelle ended up kicking them out of her house two weeks later. So happy birthday slash wedding present because she's not a great person we've discussed this <laughs> <laughs> but usually there's like a reason is there not a reason i couldn't see a reason so <laughs> i'm sure there was not <laughs> because she's not a great person so out of options and struggling to make it on their own the newlyweds parted ways laura and andre jr went back to stay with her parents and andre moved in with brian one of his brothers how does that work Well, it doesn't because after about four and a half months, they ended up separating for good. Like they were done. Yeah. So at this point, Andre's feeling like everything's falling apart. He'd been working lots of odd jobs and most of the work was only seasonal. Like for a while, he was like mowing grass, but then once summer was over, so was that job. So, So he was struggling really hard to pay bills and he often got his utilities turned off. And because of this, Laura started like scaling back his visits with Andre Jr., which I mean makes sense. You need
1: I mean, I get that too. I mean, even against him, but you need your kid to be in a place that is safe and has
0: like heat (laughs) and electricity.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The necessities and everything. So I'm not I I can't, you know, say negative things about that situation. Right. She did right.
0: I completely yeah, I completely get that. Um it just sucks for him because he at this point was actually like trying and just not getting anywhere.
1: Right. And I'm not saying he wasn't, but at the same time, I mean, yeah. he should have been understanding too. Would you want your kid to be living like a homeless person? Right.
0: Or would right.
1: you want your kid to be living in, you know, a safe environment because at that point
0: safety comes first. So. Yes. Also, you're just now 18. I don't understand why he's just getting these odd jobs like go work at a gas station or a grocery store or something. Like
1: well, not just not just hired. seasonal
0: jobs. Yeah. No, yeah, you don't know. So by the time Andre was 19, the voices in his head were becoming louder and more frequent. He also began heavily drinking and doing drugs. Which is not a good combination. (laughs) Not a good combination at all. He began arguing with his brother Brian often. And on January 26, 2003, Andre was arrested for stabbing Brian after an altercation over Andre playing his music too loud. Oh Jesus. So
1: that's a, that's a little bit excessive there Andre. <laughs> a little
0: excessive. I'm going to get into this a little bit because I found like police reports on this whole thing and it was super interesting so I we're going to get into this because it's I don't really know what happened. I kind of do but I kind of don't. So police arrived after getting a call from Brian that his brother had stabbed him. I was like, "No. I thought it said that his brother had been stabbed." I'm like, "No, you hadn't, Brian." <laughs> so Police arrived after getting a call from Brian that his brother had stabbed him and he needed an ambulance. He had run to a neighbor's house after being stabbed to call police and Brian did end up surviving. And the two told similar yet different stories about what happened. So Brian told police that Andre was playing his music like crazy loud. So he went into his room to tell him to turn it down and the two began arguing. He said, Andre said he wasn't going to turn it down. So he left andre's room and the next thing he knew andre had stabbed him in the back and again in the left arm when he turned to defend himself now andre's story he said that he had been listening to music in his room and brian busted in and told him to turn the music down the two began arguing so like so far same story but andre says that his music wasn't loud and brian was acting like crazy and said he wanted him to turn it down because it was sending evil spirits through the wall So. Right, when Andre like protested to this, Brian started hitting him. Then he says that Brian stopped hitting him and told him if he went and got a gun, then the music would be turned down real quick. And then Brian left his room and went to the living room. Andre said that Brian would get angry and beat him up all the time and he was tired of it. And he also knew that Brian had a gun hidden near the couch somewhere in the living room. So he followed Brian saw him reaching behind the couch for something, says that he grabbed a knife for protection, but he doesn't remember like when or exactly where he got the knife from. He just knows that he had grabbed a knife and then he tried to get Brian away from the couch, but he couldn't. So he stabbed him in like self-defense before Brian could get the gun and shoot him. So we have two similar yet very different stories.
1: So did police go and investigate if there was a gun by the couch?
0: So- And the police report that I saw, there was like this long report with both of their stories. Well, then there was a third story because an officer had gone to visit Brian in the hospital room afterwards to get like a recorded statement from him. In the police report, it says that Brian refused several times to give a recorded statement, but he would tell him what happened and he would just have to write write it down. He's like, I'm not going to let you record it, but I'm going to tell you what happened. That is kind of weird. Right. Well, this statement was pretty similar to what Brian had first told police but again, slightly different. So he told the officer that when Andre refused to turn his music down, Brian, like, he's like, I started punching Andre in the head and the face. And he's like, I beat up on Andre. Like all the time I can take him like anytime, like I can beat his ass whenever, like, this is what he's saying to the police officer. So I don't know if that's supposed to make him sound like a big man or what, like, I don't Um, know what's going on here, but he said this time was different. He said that Andre has mental problems and recently has been like huffing paint or some kind of chemicals and he seems like a different person so he said this time when he started like hitting andre andre got like really really mad and started to fight back and brian said that he'd never seen him this mad and thought that andre might actually like beat his ass this time so he said he left andre's room and went to reach behind the couch to get a broom handle to use on andre and when he turned around... everything behind the couch, right? <laughs> so when andre turned around no when brian turned around andre was coming from the kitchen with the butcher knife so he's oh, like so I'm, the butcher knife yes so he's like i made a run for the door and that's when andre stabbed me in the back and i like turned to try to fend off the attack and then that's when he cut me in the left arm so again similar but different stories from yeah. this one i kind of believe more because they all make sense like he was listening to music clearly they got into an argument I I never saw anything that said that they found a gun anywhere. Okay. Also, apparently Rochelle had made an appearance like afterwards, like she found out because they all live very close and he'd run to a neighbor. Brian had run to a neighbor to call the police or whatever and word spreads or whatever. She found out about it. She heard about it through somewhere. She goes over to Andre and Brian's house to go talk to Andre about what happened and get the story for him or whatever before the police got there and arrested him. So when an officer later tried to contact her for questioning just to get more information and see if there was like anything else, Andre might've told her that they didn't know. Mm -hmm. She got like super sketchy. They tried stopping by her house and calling her several times before they were finally able to get her on the phone. And the officer asked her if he could meet up with her to ask her a few questions about the incident with her sons. She immediately got super defensive and asked if she needed a lawyer. And the officer told her no like she wasn't a suspect and then she replied to him are you a suspect like that's what the police officer wrote in the police report she replied to me are you a suspect he was like um I I know you weren't there when the incident occurred but you were there shortly after and she was like well if you know I wasn't there then why do you want to talk to me So right <laughs> nobody can see her but she just, she's swiveling her head you sound dumb. <laughs>
1: Bitch, I'm taking you in for questioning because you're just dumb, dumb.
0: (laughs) Are you a suspect? No, No, ma'am. I'm a police officer. (laughs) 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 So she eventually agreed to meet with him at her boyfriend's house after he told her that he just wanted to ask some questions and see if she had any additional information that might help clear some things up. So she's like, okay, you can come meet me at my boyfriend's house at this time. When the officer showed up to talk to her at the time they had agreed on, a man answered the door and said that Rochelle had contacted a lawyer and was told that she didn't have to talk to police so she never came to the door her car was in the driveway she never came out so cool this this fucking
1: bitch, this fucking bitch. I, that's exactly what I would have said as the freaking <laughs> police <laughs> officer this fucking bitch <laughs> I don't know what the fuck she thinks she's playing right now. He's like, I've wasted so
0: much time on this. I don't even care what she has to say anymore. <laughs> so Brian didn't end up wanting to press charges against his brother. So everything just kind of like died down. But not like everything died down because the voices in his it, in head were like going out of control. <laughs> not <Yeah>. everything. <laughs> not everything, not the voices. So he started displaying some pretty odd behavior. He would put duct tape over his mouth and not talk for days at a time because he not said normal well he said that god told him not to talk so he just was like i'm not talking he started fixating on a dollar bill he said the eye at the top of the pyramid on the back of the dollar bill was evil and he oh. was the, he was the 13th warrior on the dollar bill which is not even a thing so
1: i was like <laughs> what is that <laughs> you were like which is not even a thing because i was literally gonna ask you what that
0: was right yeah it's, it's not a thing there's i think there's like 13 stairs to the pyramid or something like that but i think that's supposed to be like for the 13 colonies i don't know there's no 13th warrior on march 5th 2004 a friend took him to a mental health clinic after he tried to overdose on a cough medicine called christen while there he asked some of the staff to kill him saying life is too much for me and i want to die right now Mm. now for some reason they decided it was cool to just like let him leave on his own because he promised he would go straight to the hospital but he didn't so they were like oh shit maybe we should have taken him there ourselves so they called it in yeah like they just let him this guy's like trying to kill himself and they're just like oh and they just let him go yeah because he said he was going to walk straight to the hospital
1: that is not protocol. No, no, that's not cool. For any hospital. So that's really kind of, cause that hasn't changed in a long time. So I don't understand why that, they would even let him do that because typically they make you see like the psych, like whatever. Well, this was portion. a mental,
0: this was a mental health clinic. So they were trying to send him to the hospital but instead yeah, of like but that's not somebody notable. taking him there yeah no no they don't sh-
1: they don't just say oh yeah sure you can walk No. instead of deal. taking him
0: there or else calling in like an ambulance to transport him there they just were like yeah you got it just head over there yeah that's
1: not how that works
0: no i hope somebody works. got in trouble for that i hope so too they ended up calling it in to like police and an emergency detention warrant went out so that he could be found and brought to the hospital
1: yeah but i hope somebody called that in
0: regardless but police didn't enforce it. Like nothing happened after that. They just had this Yeah. Yeah. Three weeks later, Andre walked into the ER at the Texoma Medical Center after taking a bunch of that same cough medicine and drinking alcohol with his girlfriend Carmen Hayes. And then stabbing himself in the chest. So again, like he's literally trying to kill himself. Somebody get him help. Like exactly. According to Carmen, they were both just lying in bed, tripping on the cough medicine. And then out of nowhere, he suddenly just stabbed himself in the chest. Can you imagine? like that, that'll, that'll bring your high down real quick. <laughs> <laughs> he told the attending physician that he was trying to cross over into heaven. That's not how that works, buddy. <laughs> no, no, sir. And it was really cool. Cause I was able to find like the ER notes and stuff on this. Oh, and, cool. Yeah. And so in his ER note, the doctor wrote that the patient is psychotic. He yeah. think, <laughs> yeah, he said psychotic. <laughs> And he said he thinks something like holodeck on Star Trek is happening to him. So when I read that, I was like, um, I'm not a check. What investor. is that? I don't know what that is exactly. <laughs>
1: That's exactly what I was about to say. I'm not either. What does that mean? Apparently
0: this doctor was because he wrote that in like the medical record. <laughs> so That's also not professional, but okay. <laughs> so I looked it up. <laughs> right. I looked it up and apparently a holodeck is like a simulated reality facility. So like a place where nothing is actually real.
1: Okay. But for anybody that doesn't watch that. Right. You would have to go and Google that. So again, not professional to put it into your report. Also, when I read that, I was
0: like, oh, so the danger room in X-Men, like just say the danger room. Yeah, I could do that. (laughs) Right. If the doctor's note said patient thinks he's living in the danger room from X-Men, then I would have got it. So
1: I mean, yeah. (laughs) Not everybody watches Star
0: Trek, dude. (laughs) And a lot of people are like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Not everybody knows anything about (laughs) X-Men. I know. We had a comic book dad, okay? We were raised on it. It's
1: true. Some dads took their kids fishing. Our dad (laughs) collected comic books.
0: (laughs) That's true. So Andre told the doctor that he wanted to know whether he had volunteered for the life he was living or if he had been forced to live it. He said that he feels like he's living in deja vu like he keeps living the same days over and over he doesn't think anything's real so the doctor would later testify that andre was like quote really mentally ill i don't know how professional this doctor is i
1: do to know what doctor this i know is i don't go to them
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he referred andre to the hospital's mental health unit And, like, filled out an emergency detention order to, like, hold him there so he couldn't leave. He was like, this guy really needs help. But while hospital staff waited for a judge to sign off on this order, Andre somehow just wandered off. Just, like, left. Again, who
1: is watching this kid? Nobody, apparently. That's what's so crazy, because, like, hospital protocols, too, like, if they try to harm themselves at all, they're on suicide watch. Right, like, somebody's with them all the um, time. Yes, outside your door nursing staff that is watching your room no matter what they're they are on suicide watch well apparently not at this hospital because he just walked away
0: and nobody (laughs) noticed i don't want to go to this
1: hospital this doctor doesn't sound very good and this (laughs) hospital sounds very irresponsible (laughs) it's like oh he murdered 12 babies oh that's okay he can just walk down there to the police department Right. Go, go
0: turn yourself in. Go tell them what you did. Tell them what you just told me. I mean, come on. So the hospital ended up calling the police once they realized that he was not there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But there's no evidence.
1: Excuse me, sir. He was supposed to be walking to your department.
0: (laughs) but there's no evidence that officers like ever went looking for him at all anywhere
1: oh my gosh
0: like they didn't go to his mother's house uh, any of his relatives house, or <laughs> they, his looked
1: house. Up, they looked up who the mother was and they're like no i'm not dealing with that again i'm not
0: they were like <laughs> paper rock scissoring it like we're not doing that no i'm not dealing with her today yeah they didn't even go look at his house because they literally just walked back to his house so yeah the next time police would see him would be two days later when he walked into the police office and told them that he had killed his family, which is kind of funny that that sentence was next after we just <laughs> made that joke.
1: <laughs> I know. Um,
0: I retract my last. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, I was like, when you said that, I was like, oh, hang on. <laughs> so, on March 27th, 2004, Paul Boren got a call from Bryant Hughes. You don't know these names yet. Was so asking, who is this <laughs> so bryant was dating paul's daughter who was laura boren andre's ex-wife yeah well they were technically still married they'd never gotten divorced but they hadn't been together in like years okay so he's estranged wife mm-hmm. bryant was calling paul um from work to ask if paul could run by his and laura's apartment to check on her and the kids because he was getting worried because she wasn't answering the phone He told Paul that he was worried because he had seen Andre Thomas walking around the area of the apartments when he left work that morning. So Paul was like, oh, yeah, of course, I'll go check on him. And like he drove over there pretty quickly. He's only eight blocks away. When he got to the apartment, he found that the front door had been obviously forced open. The door frame itself was completely cracked. As soon as he entered the apartment, he saw his 20-year-old daughter, Laura Warren lying on the living room floor covered in blood. He immediately started calling for his grandchildren and frantically ran back to the bedroom where the two kids, like, shared a bedroom. Where he found them both stabbed and covered in blood in their bedroom. Oh, my God. He ran down to the parking lot to try to find, like, a payphone to call the police, but, like, he couldn't find one. But fortunately, there was someone else in the parking lot that happened to have a cell phone, so they called the police. Meanwhile, Andre Thomas and his girlfriend, Carmen... Walked into the Sherman Police Department where he proceeded to turn himself in and told the police what he had done. So he told police that earlier that morning, he had gone to his estranged wife, Laura's house, and kicked the door open. Brian wasn't home. He had already left for work, and Andre knew that he wouldn't be there because he had seen, you know, Brian had seen him when he left work. Well, he had seen Brian also. The two had actually right. like waved to each yeah. other. So he knew, oh, he's definitely not going to be there. Unfortunately, Laura was home alone with four-year-old Andre Jr. and Laura and Bryant's 13-month-old daughter, Leah Hughes. When he entered the apartment, Laura was in the living room and Andre grabbed her and stabbed her repeatedly until she was dead. He then, this gets kind of a lot, y'all, so just be warned. He then cut open her chest and pulled out a portion of her lung, later stating that he believed that that was her heart. So he's trying to like pull her heart out. He then made his way to the back bedroom that the two children shared and fatally stabbed both children. He then cut open both of their chests and removed their hearts. Mm -hmm. After killing both of the children, Andre stabbed himself three times in the chest and then went into the living room and laid down next to Laura's body, expecting to die. After laying there for a while, he realized that he wasn't dying. So he got up he placed all of the organs that he had removed from his victims into his pockets and started walking back home. Uh On the the way, he stopped at his dad's house nearby, where he used his dad's phone to call Laura's parents, Sherry and Paul's house, and left a voicemail. So the voicemail said, "Um, Sherry, this is Andre. I need y'all's help. Something bad is happening to me, and it keeps happening, and I don't know what's going on. I need some help. I think I'm in hell. I need help somebody needs to come and help me. I need help bad. I'm desperate. I'm afraid to go to sleep. So when you get this message, come by the house, please. Hello. And that's the voicemail. So Paul actually found this message on his voicemail later that day when he went home with a police officer to get some new shoes for himself because, you know, he was the one that found their bodies. So police needed to take his shoes that he was wearing as evidence so they could make sure that his Shoe prints weren't like confused with like the killer's shoe prints, basically. Right. So he asked the police officer like to escort him home. Like, can you can you take me home so I can get some new shoes? The police like, yeah, of course. And then he finds his voicemail. So him and the police like here together for the first time. Ugh. So after leaving the voicemail, Andre headed home. When he got home, he put all of the organs into a bag and threw them in the trash. His girlfriend Carmen and his cousin Isaiah Gibbs were at the house when he got there. And he told them that he had just killed Laura and the kids. Carmen asked him if he was serious. And he was like, yeah, I'm serious. Like, I just killed him. And then she was like, why would you do that? So then she was like, okay, you need to turn yourself in. Like, you need to go tell the police what you did. Go Kudos ahead. to her. Right. So they didn't have a car. They went to one neighbor's house to see if they could drive them to the police station. But their car, somebody else was actually using at the time. So they went to another neighbor's house. And this neighbor drove them to the police house.
1: I mean, did anybody question why he was so bloody? <laughs>
0: I mean, they didn't have to because he he told them that he killed them. Oh, I know, but, like, he stabbed himself, too. Right. So, yeah, he still, like, got three stab wounds in his chest. So he gets the ride to the police station, walks in, and confesses to police what he'd done. He told them that he had been convinced for a while now that Laura was the wicked Jezebel from the Bible. And that his own son, Andre Jr., was the Antichrist. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. He said that Leia was involved in some kind of evil conspiracy with the two of them. So God had sent him on a mission to free their hearts of the demons. He told them that he had used a different knife on each victim because if their blood was to mix, the demons might survive. He was then taken to the hospital where he underwent chest surgery because remember he would stabbed himself three times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So after being released from the hospital, he went to jail, obviously. In jail, Andre refused the antipsychotic medication. He was prescribed by the jail psychiatrist. He said he was okay. He didn't need him because he had the Bible. So.
1: I mean, you're not okay, sir.
0: (laughs) not okay. You know you're you're not okay. No, you're not okay. Five days after the murders, Andre was sitting in jail reading the Bible. And he came across Matthew 529. Which said, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. Well, he took this very literally and removed his right eye with his bare hands. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Immediately, psychologists like interviewed Andre and like tried to determine if he was competent to even stand trial. And he was diagnosed with ding, 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 schizophrenia.
1: I was going to say, it has to be something.
0: Mm-hmm. And he was declared incompetent to stand trial
1: which is another problem because this is why it's so important for you to take your medication when you're actually diagnosed but he was never diagnosed prior right like because he, never... he kept he kept going to dumb ass fucking hospitals that kept letting him fucking walk right
0: <laughs> it's not like his mom Rochelle ever took him to the doctor for any of this
1: no but like if they would have just listened to him or anything at all that he was saying and actually diagnosed him took a few more minutes with him then maybe he would have had been helped he prior could be treated, to treated
0: right he could have been treated and this could have this could have all been avoided so he was sent to north texas state hospital and after 47 days in the hospital psychiatrist joseph black wrote to the court that thomas had drug-induced psychosis and was completely competent to stand trial so he was saying that he just had the psychosis associated with when he was on drugs or the cough medicine i don't believe that because right.
1: when he was in jail he gouged his own eyeball out okay
0: like he wasn't on anything
1: then no i don't believe that i he think that is on an awful, anything- an, that's an awful analysis right he wasn't mm-hmm. on anything when he was 10 and started talking about hearing voices in his head like come on. no i i think that he should have had a there should have been a second opinion before that was ever placed as a any type of discussion for a trial no uh-uh it should have been completely, they should, yeah, no. Mm -mm.
0: So Black also said that he might attempt to exaggerate his mental illness by engaging in self-harm.
1: I don't believe that either.
0: Mm -mm. So Andre's court-appointed defense attorney, R.J. Haygood, later says that he regretted not objecting to this. Like, why did you not object to this?
1: Uh, he should have because that again, it it's a reflection off of you. This is why a lot of people don't seek out help. Yeah. Like this actually aggravates me so much and, and infuriates me because mental health illness is literally a thing. And so many people do not seek out help because they're turned away like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're provided a diagnosis that is not relevant to anything that they're experiencing and
0: it, it just it, this pisses me off continue yeah. it was yeah it was pretty annoying this, this and was, actually really pisses me off mm-hmm. so on february 15 2005 andre's murder trial began mm-hmm. during the trial his courtroom behavior was described as catatonic at times and during the graphic testimony about the murders he sat quietly and snacked on skittles On March 11th, 2005, so just under a month after the trial began, he was found guilty of capital murder and given the death sentence. After receiving his death sentence, Andre was sent to the Polanski Unit, which is the Texas Department of Criminal Justice prison where all of the male death row inmates are taken. Mm -hmm. There he told psychiatrists that he continued to hear voices and said he saw six inch tall demons coming out of the prison walls playing music from the band Queen.
1: Schizophrenic. Yes. literally guys
0: in, in july of 2008 he attempted suicide again by cutting into the front of his neck with some kind of sharp object that he somehow got a hold of and again ha- yes and ended up having to get eight stitches like in his neck i just uh... why is nobody watching him why how is
1: it, it's actually this this case actually is pissing me
0: off yeah i know so a few months later in december of 2008 Andre removed his left eye and ingested so now it. So he's blind. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. He is blind and he ate his own eyeball. So when asked why he did this, he explained that he did this to prevent the U.S. government from reading his thoughts. He was then transferred to the Jester 4 unit where all the prisoners with mental health problems are housed. In March of 2010, Andre's lawyers filed an appeal arguing that his trial was unfair and that his execution would be cruel and unusual punishment. So they have several arguments as to why his trial was unfair. One being that he was clearly suffering severe mental illness and was not competent to stand trial in the first place.
1: But but not even just that, like he is
0: clearly schizophrenic and not medicated. Right, exactly. He was not being treated, yes. So, like this, this trial should never happen in the first place. Like, no, what's going
1: on. now, granted, he should absolutely be in an he institution, should, right? And absolutely, he, I believe that he should be, you know, he should not be let out into
0: society. But
1: thank you. I was trying to figure right. out the, the best word, he needs to be how in how like, to a,
0: state like, like a mental health institution, like a, a mental health facility where he remains and can be treated and and is medicated and is medicated
1: exactly for his schizophrenia and treated correctly the way that it should have happened I'm just this pisses me off
0: I know that's why I said after this I'm not doing any more mental health cases for a while because it just keeps pissing me off
1: like this particular one he had multiple multiple instances where he was out seeking help Yes.
0: Like Multiple. He, exactly. He was clearly mentally unwell. He had tried to commit suicide several times. He went to hospitals and asked for help and the system failed and just like put him back out in the world several times. Every
1: single person failed him. Yes. And every single person should feel guilty for the actions that played out into this entire case
0: because he was turned away. He was turned away and not treated. And unfortunately, as a result of that, he ended up taking the lives of this woman and her two young babies Mm -hmm. the other (laughs) i know i was like (laughs) calm down the other big argument the defense is going with as to why the trial was unfair is a huge thing is that they're saying that the case was unfairly focused on his race so andre was a black man laura was a white woman and the two children were, were mixed race Mm-hmm. The defense is arguing that the, that the jury was racially biased for a couple of reasons. For one, the twelve jurors were all white, which that alone, if if that was the only argument, I wouldn't say that's not really a good argument for being racially biased because contrary to popular belief, all white people are not actually racist.
1: But no, but I can see why if you did have a jury that had mixed ethnicities and you know had different.
0: Right. I think, I think all juries should all be mixed of different races and different, like they shouldn't have all of one, right.
1: It just generalizes and takes out the opportunity for people to say it's racially biased. That's why. That's exactly why I think, I mean, I I personally don't believe that having a jury of all white people um, automatically means that, right. Yeah, it was a reason for sentencing for sure. I mean, he was going to be put away regardless. Exactly, um, exactly. Just where he was put away was not the right place. Right. I, pers- I I mean, his trial was unfair, but that's not why it was unfair.
0: Right. So like I said, if that was the only reason they were saying it was racist, I'd be like, eh. But according to some reports, four of the 12 jurors admitted that they didn't agree with mixed relationships when they were being questioned to be selected for the jury. So that's not a good look, like, at all.
1: Well, why did they even select them for the jury? Exactly, then? exactly. That, to me, is placing... that. That's not right. Right. You so should that, not be... You should not be... That should not have been a, an allowance for a jury member. Because you're supposed to have an open mind going exactly. into a jury. You're supposed to... Yeah. So, exactly. I, I mean... Whoever selected the jury members should have not
0: selected them. Also, I don't know if lawyers have any information on the jury before the trial begins. I think they do. And if they do, then the lawyers should have been like all over that before the trial even started. And be like, no, we can't. That's not okay. I
1: don't know either. Because I mean, I, that's something that I'd like to look into too, because I feel like if I was a lawyer in that instance like in that instance itself and I saw and I had the ability to see that right. and I saw that four jury members said that they did not like mixed they, relationships they, yeah I
0: would be a, they were like I don't agree with that I don't think that should be a thing like that's not how it's I'd intended. be reaching Which out is, to the
1: judge that is going to be that, who okayed this like that's not yeah that's, that's what that's... I'm saying that's I don't agree with that I think
0: mm-hmm.
1: that should have never been allowed like they should have never let any jury member that's like that
0: right and i realize like when you're selecting a jury for a murder trial it's going to be hard to find 12 people that are like completely unbiased but, but that's why they have four... a generated exactly they you have... have
1: a generated jury selection that goes out to so many people like they have to interview or request multiple jury members come in to interview or whatever like there there may be 12 jury members on the actual trial but you're interviewing 200 out of two hundred people, you're bound to find twelve jury members that are not racially biased in that right. sense. And
0: if you have four people that you're interviewing in a trial involving a mixed relationship and a murder, you probably should not select the four people that say yeah. they have a problem with the mixed relationship. Like that's
1: so. I don't. I don't agree with that. That's common sense. That yeah, it's not it's not hard to find 12 jury members when you have a selection of 200 plus <laughs> that yeah, have to be interviewed. For I that. feel like there could have been better options than these guys. That's like, literally <laughs> why they have so many that go out exactly. because half of your jury automatically is going to be a, well, we don't need you. Thank you for your time. Mm-hmm. And you won't actually have to be on
0: jury. Right. So the most recent news I could find on Andre was in 2021. And it said that he is still currently on death row and awaiting a decision on his appeal. And he is the only death row inmate in Grayson County, Texas right now. So that's where it's at right now. He's just still in That is death so row. crazy. Right? I really, yeah. I don't feel, I can't say
1: that I sit back and I feel bad for him for what he's done. Cause I don't,
0: no, I don't feel bad for
1: him. No, But the- I do believe he was not competent enough and really understood what he was doing altogether because he is a schizophrenic. If he's not schizophrenic, he is definitely has split personalities or something, right? But he's just not diagnosed with what he needs to be diagnosed with. And he's not medicated. And I think this is an unfair case in all senses because he seeked help, didn't get it. He was just a failed system
0: he was failed that system failed him like he literally told people that he didn't even think he was in like the real world he was in an alternate world right now like but it's not even just that for the fact that he went
1: home told his girlfriend his girlfriend's like oh no you need to turn yourself in clearly he didn't fight it either that also says something that also says something he's like oh okay well let's go let's go I'll go turn myself in hey um police officer I killed these people and he's like all calm about it that's right. a
0: problem it's a problem this whole thing's a problem everything's a problem Ugh, this this in yeah.
1: case you're welcome all of our listeners are hearing me rant and rave but it pisses me <laughs> off it does, it, does. <laughs> it
0: was pissing me off when i was reading it i was like seriously guys what, what is happening over here so
1: I'm gonna take the mental illness cases away from you like <laughs> you're taking the unsolved cases away from me
0: <laughs> I think that's probably fair because in all honesty yeah, I don't want to do any for a while because it just pisses me off
1: <laughs> and I can't even say that I don't want to do unsolved cases because <laughs> they're my favorite I mean me, they're not my favorite but they're one of my I personally like doing them you can sprinkle them in in every like, now oh. and then Oh, can anybody can anybody go solve this? Anybody want to go solve this?
0: <laughs> I was actually looking, not the one that I was already working on when I found this one, but before I started working on that one, I was like really looking into an old unsolved case. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but I didn't choose that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm who. Anywho. Anywho, sure. All right. all right. Well, follow us on all the stuff. You can find it at seriaiholicisters.com. You can. That's true. I I I can say that it's true. <laughs>
0: I vouch for that. Yep. I hey, okay, well, let's be more awkward. Okay, bye. Oh, bye. Bye.
1: <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> Sorry. There's so much, hold on. <laughs> I'm waiting. Hold on. Let, me fix. Let, me, let me say that
0: again. You're like, readju- right, there's so much readjusting.
1: <laughs> I know my microphone had fallen down. All right, oh. let me re-say re- that. So oh, yeah. Jeez. That was my little,
0: What are you looking at? You. <laughs> oh, you were looking up like somebody was walking by with confusion. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Who did <it? laughs> okay can you hear anything probably not uh-uh. i'm in danielle's room the door shut and hear that? Jax is at the door and i can just hear his little his toenails clipping on the hardwood walking towards the door <laughs> and it's all like distinct now because there's the three paws so he kind of hops with the first one <laughs> so it's like <laughs> gift to god yeah he was chosen yeah so so yeah he's chosen Well, I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's chosen. That's a good way to pick up. We'll take that (laughs) out too. (laughs) I don't know how to start it back. Uh let's see. And I lost some (laughs) place.
1: Do you hear it? He's like I do now. Let him in. At the door like hopping on it.
0: (laughs) What are you doing? Why she got so many goddamn blankets in here? you can't be doing oh. that <laughs> i heard that <laughs> you have problems bro <laughs> Next, what's your deal bro you're gonna get sent out of the room if you can't Not make weird I, I did i did hear that <laughs> now he's looking at me like i'm crazy <laughs> uh,